As we come to the, to the near end of the Christmas season, which ends tomorrow liturgically with the baptism of the Lord, we celebrate this great feast today, the Solemnity of the Epiphany, Three Kings Day, a day where we recognize when the Magi arrived at the home of Christ and did him homage. But this word Epiphany, we, we have it in our common kind of conversations when you have a great idea or something finally becomes clear to you, you have an epiphany. That word means a revelation, making known the mystery. And this is what we're celebrating. We've been celebrating this in this entire Christmas season, this great making known of the mystery. That God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And that son was born as a baby and laid in a manger. And then the angels told the shepherds, and the shepherds came and honored and worshipped this child. And here we are some time later with the Magi, experiencing this epiphany, this revelation, this making the mystery known. And what is this mystery that's known? As St. Paul said in the second reading, that he was given this special grace to be a stewardship of that mercy that was revealed. Revealed to him that the prophecy of the Old Testament, the expectation from the very beginning was going to be, was coming true. That the Gentiles were co-heirs, co-partners in salvation. We know that God, at some point in the Old Testament, chose the chosen people to be a people special to himself. And he chose them so that he could love them and reveal himself to them so that through them, the love of God would spread throughout the whole world. That the knowledge of their creator would, be, would not be unknown to anyone. That was the mission of the, of the chosen people from the beginning, that they would be the place, the people through which God's love was spread. But we know, if we know, as we know salvation history, they failed in their mission. The Israelites, for one reason or another, began to build a wall of separation between them and everyone else. The us versus them, or really it's the us versus the not us. And they began to not see the others as even possible to be part of the communion. But that wasn't God's original plan. And even in that first reading, that prophecy, that beautiful prophecy from Isaiah that we heard, and in the responsorial psalm that we sang, all nations will adore you, that people will come from the ends of the earth to worship you and to honor you, and that Israel would be a light to the nations. This is the mystery that we're celebrating today, that that came true in the person of Jesus, that these men from the East, these men that we don't know very much about, there's been lots written and there's lots of, of guessing about them, but we know they came from the East, that they were the studiers of the stars, and they, they allowed the revelation of the stars to change their life. 
And they probably came from modern-day Baghdad in Iraq, which would have been the Babylonian Empire, the place where the chosen people had been exiled to 600 years before the birth of Jesus, when the Babylonians came into Jerusalem and conquered and destroyed the land and tore down the temple. But when the Babylonians were conquered, the Jews were allowed to go back and to rebuild their homeland. But not all did. Some stayed. And so we can imagine that the the prophecies and the thoughts of the chosen people kind of permeated with the people who were there in Babylonian. Babylonia. And then maybe these were the people who knew the prophecy that one day the Messiah would come and open salvation to everyone. And so they saw his star. That's what they said. We saw his star rising. And so they went on a journey. The Second Vatican Council reminds us that we are a pilgrim people, a people on a pilgrimage. St. Paul reminds us that our citizenship is in heaven, that we're on a journey. The Council also reminds us that the church is now the Lumen Gentium, the light to the nations. And so the opening prayer is here. For those of us who already know you by faith, may we come to enjoy the glory, the divine glory. And so how do we apply? What does this great feast mean for us today? We can look at the Magi. We know that they were carrying gold and frankincense and myrrh. Not just everyday things. So they had the means. They had some access to the good things in life. And they were probably part of some type of religious or spiritual class. So they probably had an elevated status in their culture. They were somebody. But because they saw the star and they felt that urge, they were willing to leave behind their status, their place in the world. They were able to, willing to leave their comfort zone, the world that they had created for themselves and had sought to find meaning and purpose in. They were willing to leave that behind for something more. Our culture today is designed on us building our own life. We make our own way. We can even decide who and how we are and how we're going to relate to the world. Everything's about me and my comfort and my glory, my success. Right? We want to become the best version of ourselves and we want to live our best life now. We are surrounded by a culture that for the most part is in contradiction to the gospel. And so when we hear this story of the Magi, does it stir within us this yearning for something more, to not be satisfied with the way things are, but to know, as St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless, and they will be restless until they rest in the Lord. Do we know this and are we willing to take the risk to go on the journey? To leave behind what's comfortable. To take that risky journey through the desert in search of the one 
for whom I was created, in search of the one who loves me, who gives my life true meaning and purpose. I don't have to be stuck in our modern culture of rat race, of trying to become something. But I can go to the one who made me and receive everything. These men, they were looking for the new king, so they went to the current king, the king of the Jews, who, if you noticed, had no idea anything about the prophecy. He had to call the scribes in to tell them, hey, well, where is this new king going to be born? But then he went where they went. And their life was changed radically by their encounter with this baby. Are we willing to be the Magi? Are we willing to go in search of the one thing, the only thing that matters? Or do we settle to be Herod? Herod also made himself something big in his community. He was the king. And when we read the history of him, he was not a good person. He was a murderous tyrant. He was enslaved to his passions, given over to every vice you can imagine. He was overcome with fear when he heard that the new king had been born. Sometimes we too would rather stay in our little box of comfort and we fight and defend against anything and anyone who seems to want to come in and change things. We're not open to the newness of the Holy Spirit. We're not open to the newness of what God has for us because we're comfortable in the life that I've created. And Herod didn't even go on his own. He sent someone in his place. How many of us do that? Let someone else take care of it. How many of our fathers, our husbands, give that job to their wife, to the mother of their children, to go find Jesus for them? How many of us are derelict in our duty of leadership and we just let somebody else cover it? We'll let social media raise our kids. Well, let the political climate raise me into what is good and true. Am I willing to fight against these cultural influences so that I can encounter the truth? We have these two competing characters in our gospel. Which one will we be? Will we allow Jesus to be a threat to us? Or we with joy and eager excitement go in search of the only one that matters. When the Magi made it to the house, they were overcome with joy at seeing the one whom, for whom they had been looking. And what was their first response was to fall down in prostration, to humbly acknowledge the King, the Creator, the Lord. We're on a journey. This red candle here next to the tabernacle, our star leads us to Jesus. Are we overcome with joy when we're in his presence? And do we fall down in prostration when we get near him? 
For those of you who are in a state of grace and who've prepared yourselves, you'll have a chance to receive Holy Communion today. What will the posture of your heart, what will the posture of your body be as you come to approach Jesus? These magi, these men of the world, fell on their face and then offered them these great gifts. The great gift of yourself, of your will, of your life, you can offer to Jesus today. And this is the gift from you that he wants. He wants you to bow down in humble submission to the glory of who he is and give yourself to him completely, totally, faithfully. Because it changed the lives of those magi. It says they went home a different way. They had come one way and they had left a different way. The early church, they were described as the people of the way. And we can think about the manner in which we live our life as our way. What dominates our thoughts, what makes us choose what we choose, where we live, where we shop, everything about us. We have a way of life. And the invitation, the challenge for us today is, will it be the way of Jesus or of anything else? Because Christ has come to us as a defenseless, helpless baby. And he's opened his arms wide to the whole world and says, will you love me? The Magi said yes. Herod said no. Herod went back. Herod maintained his former way of life. Archbishop Fulton Sheen said, no one who with goodwill encounters Jesus can ever stay the same. So think about this past year at our last celebration of Epiphany. Are you different today than, than you were then? Are you holier? Are you more reverent in your worship? Do you know Jesus in a more profound way than you did last year? Has your home life changed? Have you become a light to the nations? Have you received this revelation, this greatness, the love of God the Father, and has it radically reoriented everything about you? Can people look at you and then desire to want to know Jesus? This is the challenge, the opportunity, the invitation that we have as disciples. So ask for that grace to be like the Magi, to be willing to be uncomfortable in your pursuit of that which is good and true and beautiful. Come to Holy Mass. Encounter the living God. Fall on your face in adoration. Give him everything. In return, you will receive everything. You will receive the light of Christ, the life of Christ. When you come, when you give, when you adore, then you can go home a different way. Pray for that grace, for that radical encounter, and that radical change. So the light of Christ shines through you, and then you become an epiphany. You become an encounter with the light of Christ, the love of God for everyone that you meet today.